Hey, did you know the capital of Honduras is Tegucigalpa? Did you know the capybara is the largest rodent? Did you know the end of a shoelace is called an aglet? Wait a second. This is all random trivia, not momentum trivia. Let's get back to the main topic you're here for. Presented by the Casually Spiritual Network, this is the Momentum Pod. Noah, do the intro music. Hey everyone! I hate you. All right, you know what? You can leave again. Um, hey. Hey everyone, my name's Alec. I'm your host of the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Uh, we are a group of five. Actually, I will do that part later. It's sorry, it just takes a while sometimes when I don't remember. But hey, what? What, Grant? We're on the Casually Spiritual Podcast. We're on a cat. Ah! Wow. I this I didn't wh- know. I'm so excited. This, this changes everything. <laughs> I've always told you I need what? you here because you're the rock. This the Casually Spiritual It's our podcast. episode. I don't know no. what that is. <laughs> you'll know when you're older um so okay i'm sorry i'm sorry we're not gonna restart though i'm just gonna introduce us and i will get back to what podcast this is hey, i'm your host alex Angapai. joining me all the way from the far far parts of broken arrow oklahoma i have my friend darian mcclendon good morning bread loaf vermont i think that's my favorite one of yours thanks I found it on www22 of the weirdest town names ever put on the map.com. So you at least have like 21 more things to do. Yeah. So yeah. you're good for the rest so of the year. We get 20 more episodes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if if we can keep this up, we're doing good so far. We got to get uh, you may <laughs> If you heard a familiar voice, that is actually joining me from what 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 city do you actually uh reside in? Oh me! I'm in broken. Gosh, he's so <laughs> bad. He's so bad. He is I'm out so of practice. Bad. I'm out of practice. I thought Grant came before me. No, he never has, and you'll remember why. So the forgetful one, but now also in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, I have Noah Shock. Yo, I had a thing I was gonna say. My dog's peeing outside. Why is he doing that? Gosh darn it! I, uh, I'm I, sitting by the window and I'm just watching my dog pee, and now he's sniffing. Now he's sniffing it. Okay, this is why you've been gone. And joining me also from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, my best friend and ex roommate Grant Geisbauer. What up? All right. See, simple and easy. And we I was going to are... quote pee and peel for mine. Dang it! I forgot it until now. Instead, you <laughs> went with is... pee and peel. <laughs> stupid. Um. Stupid. Um. The reason why we're all here, if you notice, we are missing Clarence Simpson. He has some very busy things he's up to. So we obviously cannot oh, have all. F- I don't know the next time we'll have all five members of this podcast. Probably never. Um, we'll just slowly sacrifice one. Maybe I'll be gone one week. Wouldn't that be fun? And we'll yeah. have Noah host it. Okay. Hey. So we are the Momentum Pod. We are five lifelong best friends brought together by Jesus. And we sit around and talk every couple weeks about Jesus and things going on in our life because it gives us a reason to talk. And we decided, well, I decided to make a podcast out of it. Look, I remember to do our little intro blurb like all good podcasts have. I don't remember. I don't do that for any of our podcasts. I always forget. So I finally did. I'm getting better, guys. Good job, Alec. We're getting there. We're all hmm. excited. We're all excited. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Um, I already mentioned that Clarence is gone, but I do want to point out we had a great life update that I'm not going to spend much time on. He's engaged now, and that's all we're going to talk about because he's not here. Sorry, Clarence. Um, so instead, we're going to talk about Noah. Noah, you've been gone. Yeah, I've been renovating my house. So you got a house. Is, I do have a house. I I am a homeowner, and it is a lot of work. I knew I was going to have to, like, you know, for, like, yard stuff. Like, I knew I was going to have to buy yard stuff. But for some reason in January when I bought this house, I was like, oh, I ain't going to do that for a while. Well, April got here really quick, and $500 at Lowe's later. Um, stuff just adds up when you own a home. <laughs> I didn't think about that as much. That's why I did. The, it just, the cost it, it, of being the builder comes in, right? 
it's more like I, it's not that I didn't think about it. It's like, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. I'm gonna have to buy a lawnmower. But again, I swear, April in growing grass comes a lot faster than you predict it to. So, Alec, what are you doing good. with your lawn this year, dude? I'm I'm just gonna find some random child as I do and be like, dude, I got a twenty dollar bill with your name on it. Go start that thing up. Twenty dollars. Twenty. Is that not an economy? I think we need to edit that out. This is, yeah, in this economy, gas is expensive. (laughs) I don't have an electric mower, and it's a small yard. You need it done like a minute per dollar. Hey, I'll do it for thirty a week. A week? I I don't need it every week. It'll be fine every two weeks. He used to get mad at me for charging him every time that I mowed. Because we were on a rotation, and I was paid. Because that's how it is. I need to I was explain. Like, I'll give you fifteen dollars a month, so I don't have to do it. Because okay, let me explain. Let me explain just how it naturally happened. Okay, everybody is supposed to take their turn mowing the lawn. It's what it is. Every week you mow your, the lawn because it's your turn or it's time to mow. Thing is, I don't want to mow, but it would be my turn. The deal was, Grant, I need you to mow for my turn. And I would pay was, you. Though I was mowing for was everybody's turn. turn. Okay, hey, well, you were whoa, supposed whoa, to work whoa. that I out with them. Noah, you were there for like two months. Two yeah, months. I was there for. But he did it. But he did it. But he did it. But he did it. I'm talking exactly. about the last year I that I was there with them. There was one time Noah stayed at my house when he didn't live with us, and he cleaned the whole house. I did. I was and you know what else? A very tough time in my life. You know what else he did? There was those little like the pans that you put in the oven to like heat stuff on and he put them on top of the burners that literally when you open it says do not put anything on top are you talking about what are you talking at 5025 because you would think it's a storage it's not a storage it's where the burners were oh like the thing under the oven that little drawer yeah try to burn my house down no it can be storage but those say do not in not storage do not put on top okay but they also say don't put q-tips in your ears but it that oven said so. That oven said no. Noah couldn't read it. Thank you, Darian. Mm, yeah, we're going to use that card again. Mm-hmm. I didn't use even... it. <laughs> mm, whatever. We're, we're back. We're glad you're back, Noah. Uh, Thank you. So it's a very good time. Grant's wearing a hat. Darian has new hair. It's a good time. Clarence is engaged. My life's the same. But we're here doing the Momentum Pod, and I'm just excited to bring it to y'all. So let's go ahead. We're going to jump into our first segment, which is our icebreaker. I don't have Clarence. Noah, do an icebreaker sound. That's an ice dispensing sound. No, that's what it sounds like in Dark or Elden Ring, I should say, when you get hit with the frost damage and you get all frostbit. It's crazy because we've already we've already talked about Elden Ring. You missed that one, too. Oh, no, we missed that one. I just Elden Ring is old news, brother. Bro, we're playing Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga now. Dang, that's tough. We're playing Zombie Survivor. You, you They're doing out. that, and I'm still over here trying to fight Millicent or Mikola. No, there's I Millennia Blade of Mikola. Yeah, that's the one. Yawn. I just finished the Millicent quest line, and now I'm fighting Millennia, and she's Z Z Z Z Z easy. No, you're losing about eighty percent of our viewership right now. Man, but that twenty percent is hooked. Let me tell you something else. I got welcome to the welcome to the icebreakers. Please stay on the podcast. This week's icebreaker, we're going to talk about something that's slightly dated, but it came up in our conversations, and I guess we never really fully processed it for everybody. I will open with the we're going to talk about Spider Man, and it was a conversation after the success of Spider Man. What was it called? Far from Home. No way home. No way. Just released on. It just came out on release on Monday. That's so why it's, it's a good time to talk about it. All right. So uh, we're talking about Spider-Man right now. And a very simple question Grant wanted to pose was just like, in general, who's the best Spider-Man? And if you know enough of this podcast, I'm guessing that Grant thinks t- doesn't think it's Toby, but you would think he would think it would. Oh, is Toby wait, the best Spider-Man? Wait, Toby is think, the best I Spider-Man. I don't think the question is who's the best Spider-Man. I think it was which is the best movie. No, I, I said, oh, who's no. the best Spider-Man? No, he asked you straight up, who's the best Spider-Man? Oh, yes, I thought uh, it was, what's the best movie? You're still wrong uh, either way. So. I still think it's the same answer either way. Uh, I mean, like, your yeah, the best is Spider-Man is definitely the... Andrew Garfield. No, Miles Morales into the spot, that one, the, the animated one. We're talking about okay, the Noah, three. I don't know that brings cartoons into an argument. 
I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Cartoons? You guys, We're you guys like Christian Bale as Batman, but I like Kevin Conroy. Uh. I don't like Heath Ledger. I like I like Mark Hamill. I I have I have never said that. I have though. Do you agree with this? Oh, do you agree with the statement, Noah? <laughs> uh, no. I, no. I think. Look, who is that, the best live action Spider Man, Noah? No, no, no. Listen, uh, live action. No, no, Spider-Man? I think you're fine, Noah. I think you're fine. Okay, stay I'm with your at- answer. Let me go back to this. Yeah, I, I, it's the definitely that's the best standalone Spider-Man movie that I have ever watched. It's easily going to be the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Ten, oh, ten times yeah. out of ten. No, no, no. It's not uh, about the movie. I asked who is the best Spider-Man. Uh, who is, is the Russell? best Spider-Man? Because mm. it's definitely the Spider-Man from the video game. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one? The remastered one? <laughs> the, the Spider-Man the PS4 video one. games. The Marvel Spider-Man video game. That one is great. He's a good okay, Spider-Man. They did have story writing, they did have the best Spider-Man story, for sure. <laughs> if All they right. use the character model, the one on the PS5 looks dumb. He looks like he looks favorite. more like Tom Holland. This is a bit of a vague reference. Listen, so I'm going to get into one. it because Noah threw it off with that Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Not prepared. Not prepared. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie. Okay. Okay. Garfield is the best Spider-Man. Listen. Before I challenge that, why, Darian? Why is TASM 2 the best? This man called it TASM. Okay. Because when you have Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's its own thing, right? It had not really been done before. It wasn't basing it on anything. It wasn't playing off of anybody's emotions of how they felt about spider-man and all that it was a different fresh take on spider-man it was great because it didn't just replace it with mary jane watson they made a bold move with going with gwen stacy hadn't been done in a movie before they took a risk and it paid off okay your heart has never been played like that in a comic book movie ever until amazing spider-man 2 now we want to talk about no way home they just pulled on the same string they rang the same bell no new bells. They just kept ringing what they already had. They didn't pay a single new person to be in that movie. Everybody had already gotten a check from Marvel. What is that? What is that? They didn't even have to fill out new HR paperwork. They just got it out again and just redid it. Is that, is that, are you done? Yes. <laughs> okay. By far, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the worst of all of the Spider-Man movies, in my opinion. There are too many villains. None of them are well-written. And I'll break them down. Electro is literally Jim Carrey's Joker from Batman Forever. Some weird guy that idolizes the main character and then he just like gets mad at the main character and decides to be a villain. And his design is really stupid. Moving on to Green Goblin. Oh, all of a sudden, uh, Dane DeHaan's Peter and Peter... Dane DeHaan's Harry Osborn and Peter Parker were best friends so all of a sudden he was in the first movie he wasn't even the first movie and his design is stupid his character looks stupid and wait wait wait, wait, wait. no say the thing which that, one that the objective one objective oh that's subjective thank you continue grant i'm not going to argue it is subjective i just think it looks dumb thirdly you have the rhino who's in that movie for like five seconds and he has this weird accents and just makes a bunch of noises. Horrible villains. Not a single good one. The only reason that movie is memorable or you like it is because of the moment with Gwen Stacy. Tertiary, third thing, that, what were you that franchise got rhino? canceled. What? What were you expecting from Rhino? <laughs> Literally, for him to form some coherent he's sentences. A, he's it's such a big Russian. I think... <laughs> That's, that's a random t- Hold on. Yeah, no, he say, didn't speak gotta- Russian. He just made random noises. Listen, all I'm going to put at this point, and then you can talk, Noah. It ended the Amazing Spider-Man series. They were trying to set up a Sinister Six movie. It was such a colossal failure. The series failed, and then they had to boot it over to Tom Holland. Fair. Okay, but what would Tom Holland... Tom Holland's first two Spider-Man movies weren't great. They were okay, just like every other Marvel movie. But what did they I'm have to do? I'm not arguing Hey, shut up! What did they have to do to make that the best-selling movie of all time? They had to bring back the greatest Spider-Man of all time. That's the only reason the movie sold. 
No, shut the freak up. You and you said you talked about Spider-Man 2's worst looking stuff. You see Venom in Spider-Man 3, amazing or whatever, the original Spider-Man is it Venom? I'm you not arguing for Spider-Man 3. At, at Halloween okay. World. But you said Amazing Spider-Man 2 was the worst out of all of them. Like Spider-Man yeah. 3 didn't come out. That was trash. That was nonsense. That whole everything about that movie. Too many villains. They had Sandman, they had Hobgoblin, Green Goblin, they had Venom. What? New Goblin. Hey, I will say this. Whoever. If we're just comparing sequels, because normally your number two movie in a lot of trilogies, a lot of that's your weakest one for a lot of people. That's just it, it's a hard to do a sequel. Except for Spider-Man but 2. It that's that's what I'm saying. If you we're comparing time? like Spider-Man 2 to Amazing Spider-Man 2, Darian, uh, uh, you have a point. Like three happened. But Spider-Man 2, that thing, that was it. Like that was the GOAT highest, I mean, for sure, it was like one of the highest grossing hero movies for a very long time. Uh, no others. I, mean, I, I, I feel like that point, there's, there's like no others coming out. I, I mean, maybe. Yeah, you could say there's not as much competition, but there's not a lot of competition now. Like, I mean, what? You're, you're competing with what Marvel movie am I going to go watch? Oh, Spider-Man? Oh, shoot. All right, bet. I'll go watch it. I mean, back Look. then, like, I, I see the point. I, I still think both of you are wrong. Into the Spider Verse is the best one, best Spider-Man standalone movie. Let's go! Uh, but Let's I go. think you both bring up some good points for uh, whatever y'all are discussing. <laughs> so we were kind of discussing really series at that point. I'm just gonna point out that Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man. Period. Why? And because of the movies, he's the most fleshed-out character. He portrays Spider-Man in a way that is traditionally portrayed. I just feel like he embodies the hero and does the best job of being a hero of the three of them. He's an old man in the first movie. However, (laughs) I would say if Andrew Garfield gets another movie, which I think he probably will, given the success of No Way Home and people's liking of him, I could could see a case for Andrew Garfield. But as of right now, Tobey Maguire is still my favorite. Your favorite. And... You talk about your character, you're going to make more money, which they did, which set off no, what it did. I, my, point, my point about Far From Home is this. That movie is literally oh, just <laughs> playing nostalgia. Like, it doesn't even make, like, it, it's not a, like, it's not a good movie if you didn't grow up when we grew up. It really isn't. I don't know. For like, people that haven't seen any of the other ones that really so. liked it. Because I think like Kelsey said, it's like a good movie, but she wasn't like she didn't care because she she doesn't care about her first childhood hero. Like it's only that good of a movie to us. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I think, look, if you could, you can't just grab nostalgia and dust it onto something and expect it to work. Because we've seen how seven, eight, and nine Star Wars tried to do that, and I mean, did a True. great example of how to not use nostalgia. Yeah, but their original yes, fan base I, is pretty much dead. Dead. Okay, no, we're not. No, and oh, <laughs> not I, true. I'm, I'm stop. Not even a little on. true. No one's gonna get mad. Spider Man. Um. Anyways, what I'm mad. saying is, you would not have been as good as it was if they did not execute said nostalgia well. They did it greatly. I mean, it's like it's like nostalgia is like saffron. It's expensive. It's nice. But if you just dump it on something, probably not going to taste good. But if you use it right, it's probably going to be one of the best things you've ever had in your life. That's just how saffron works. That's how nostalgia is going to work, too. If they didn't do it well, nothing's going to, you know, like the whole moment when 
Andrew Garfield saves MJ for the second time, like, dang, that hits. But it would not have hit. Because of the perfect scene from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I agree. I'm just saying for this one, I, I see your point with the nostalgia thing, but they did it well. They definitely need props for knowing how, like, look, you could have just cheaped out, not cared, but y'all were very intentional with how you were going to use the nostalgia, and it worked well. Put a nice little bow on this, and we can move on. Spider-Man No Way Home, yes, it does play on nostalgia. I acknowledge that, but what Noah said is correct. It no, does it right. It does it well. Shut up, Darian. Shut up. Let me finish. <laughs> they I'll, I'll brought the best the one shut up for the night. They brought the best parts of each series and put it into one movie. And it was he a perfect Sandman. Spider-Man movie. Sandman. He shouldn't have been in there. Views from well, he was recording another movie, so that's why they had to yeah, use him Electro's as CGI. Character made no sense. Electro's character development made absolutely zero sense. Well, he was still better than the original Electro. So. And, he, and he didn't know who Peter Parker was. So the plot holes are there. That was but a whole anyways. thing that Darian pointed out. And a lot of people online well, have asked. No he never found out who Peter Parker was. And then he thought he was black at the end. So he shouldn't have even been there. He improvised that. He improvised a plot hole is what he did. <laughs> now, so. I'll wrap it up. Let's go. You're going you're gonna to wrap it up? <laughs> I was wrapping so that up. Was the that was the bow. You were not the host. I'm the host. All right. Well, that was a fun little topic. Um, obviously, you've probably had arguments with your friends about Spider-Man. So go ahead. Tell, uh, let us know. Uh, and uh, whatever, we're going to have comments one day. We're going to get into our topic of the day. Um, before we do, I want to ask a very general question to everybody for our small group time. And it is, who's the toughest out of Momentum Pod? Greg. Craig? The guy that listens to all of us every single time. Never complains. He's, a, he's always he's on a time. He's a non-sentient robot. Yep. He's the toughest. We rule, we rule over the robots. For what now, human is toughest, Noah? Me, 100%. Oh, didn't expect that. Did you really not? Like... I kind of group. assumed we were all going to go in and assume that, like, you know, we were all going to say, no, I am. No, I am. No, I, I am. I, I would am. not. I would definitely not call myself the toughest. That's I, like I'd say Darian's the toughest. Dang Over it, man. Over Clarence? Over Claire? Easily. Claire? Mm. I don't know. Clarence went, to, Clarence went to war. Clarence did go to Afghanistan. Darian would have gone to war. <laughs> would have and did are two different things, though. Well, he literally tried to. They told him no. They both did, did CrossFit. Him, no. Wait, Noah, so you put yourself over Darian? Um, yeah, as soon as I you bring I Darian did, yeah. up, was, no, no, there's an actual picture of it. you comparing your arm with Clarence, and you're going to put yourself over Clarence? Yes. Well, when you say tougher, who's toughest? What are you actually saying? What are you asking, Alec? In who's what tough? regard? What, 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 what do you mean? Who's tough? Darian, who's the toughest? I am. Okay. Um, interesting. All right, fine. Let's let's just get that because no one daring could argue it. But yeah, uh, when I asked, what about this? What about this? Let, let's make it a little more clear for you, Grant. Um, good question, I'd say. Um, what if I what if I made it specific? Who is the most mentally tough? Does that change anyone's answers? No, actually, let's just go there. No one. Does that change your answer? Uh. It depends on your definition. My wife is in the room and looking at me, so I'll say she's the most <laughs> mentally tough person. What, what did Abby have to say? What does Abby have to say? You said that's a lie. Oh. <laughs> oh. She said it depends. Oh, okay. Commentary from Abby Shock, everyone. Give it up. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that is a good question. Let, I'll throw it back to y'all because that's what a host does. Noah, Noah, since you kind of brought it up, what, what does mentally tough mean in your words uh I, well i think it's tough i think of like something that was designed to be that way so like uh, it's hmm. stuff that can deal with tension stress pressure friction uh getting just beaten up and it can still do the job it was made to do that uh and i think of like i don't know engine parts or um like the foundation of your house like stuff like that like it's supposed to be you know, durable. So the brain in the same way? 
Uh, is the mind in the, actually not philosophically literally. is the mind and the brain the same? Uh, not like obviously not literally, but uh, yeah, I mean your brain you, you got to be able your brain has to be tough in the sense of the amount of I mean, physically like the amount of messages that it has to send and receive on a daily basis and still operate at a you know a high capacity. Uh, that's that's a lot of work. It's a lot, a lot of work, and it can't do that if it's not toughened to that procedure day in and day out. Grant, how, Grant, how would you? Because you you wanted some specifications and you brought it to the table. What what? How do you define mental toughness? I mean, man, I for me, mental toughness comes from. It comes from enduring and weathering storms, in my opinion. Um, enduring and, weather- and weathering storms and having the courage to face those things when you do get knocked down and being able to get back up. Um, I mean, obviously, mental health is a hot topic in today's thing. It's a very big buzzword. But, I mean, realistically, everybody's going through stuff. It, it is how you respond to those external factors. I mean, like literally even talking about myself, like I've had a lot going on lately and I'm doing my best to try and just live every day and um, do the day-to-day things I'm supposed to. Um, And so I think the question of who is toughest, I think everybody has mental toughness in different areas. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into everybody's business, but like I could talk about everybody on this podcast, things we've been through, things we've overcome. And I think we all have strengths from those things. Um, So I think... It's really kind of we're all tough in our own way. And I know that's a cop out answer, but like everybody here is tough. And a lot of where this conversation stemmed from was just a offhand conversation I was having with Darian. Darian, how do you how do you define mental toughness? Um Yeah, it, it's I mean a combination of like what Grant and Noah both said about it. Um is you know, things like resiliency, um, you know, strength to overcome. Um, but I think a lot of for me at least um it's something i've been really interested in over this past year it's like a skill right like i mean obviously from a a physical standpoint some people have better minds than other people i mean just scientifically speaking but like yeah it's just a skill that and and it's a skill that you can craft um work on um just things with discipline doing hard things you know putting yourself through that fire um, Grant and Noah both mentioned like being able to overcome hard stuff, but being willing to chase the hard stuff and not back away from it, um, chase it down regularly, put yourself through those wars as often as you can. Um, mm-hmm. that's kind of what, uh, mental toughness means to me. Just not, not only not backing down from challenges when they come to you in life, but actively taking those on. Them. Yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think really the word courage is what mostly comes to mind with with the question um and having the courage to face things that don't always look easy and being willing to chase those things like you're talking about um yeah and like i'm a decently sized guy but like i don't know my first instinct when i see a burning building if somebody needs my help like having the courage to do that like that's physical toughness but that's more mental on the front end of things you know um even if I'm not the most qualified to help with something, I've always felt like my like I've always been courageous to, enough to face the challenges. I, I'm wondering because it's interesting enough when I when I think of mental toughness, yes, I do. I think of like resiliency. I think of the uh, yes, the ability to overcome obstacles in the face of adversity. It's very generic, but that, that's kind of what I think it is like fortitude. Um, but oddly enough, I I I sometimes think I wonder is your a Ability, this is this is almost might be a 90 degree turn from it honestly is your ability to process and handle your emotions does that have anything with mental toughness or is that something you think completely unrelated like do you think i'm off on that and is that a different topic kind of if we also bring emotions into this it's definitely a part of it <clears throat> i think so too yeah i i think i think not being able to control your emotions is a sign of mental weakness in my opinion, I'm not a psychologist, um, but I mean, men and women that cannot control their emotions and are emotionally charged and driven all time, all the time, typically have 
zero to little discipline in their life. Hmm. But I think on the other side of that, if people are unable to express their emotions, that's also very unhealthy. Mm. And to answer your question, Alec, um, I think if we're talking about mental toughness, it's almost like a skill tree. Like everybody like has different strengths. Everybody has things that they are better at. I think it's a facet, but I don't think it's the end all be all. Mm-hmm. I think it's tricky because if you, oh, sorry. I, I want to throw one thing and it just came to mind. Also, whenever whenever we talk about this, I'm not I, I, I'm not going to get as much into unless like we put it together, like the mental health, because, you know, there is, you know, mental illness, people that have like very deep things. And, you know, we're not going into that. I, I, I do want to keep it within this realm of, you know, this emotional part, the resiliency part. So just to blanket that. Yeah, it's important to like God has given us emotions for a reason. They're all facets of him, who he is. God, you know, he he shows righteousness, he shows anger, he shows sorrow, he shows happiness, joy. I mean, those are all things that we have, but um, just like the enemy, like we find ways to pervert the truth. We find ways to pervert how God has created us. So we bring up this ability to be resilient, overcome obstacle, adversity, put your mind towards things. And I'm, I want to read... A comment from one of the guys um just in a group message that we were talking about this and why it got brought up um just uh sorry darian we were kind of talking about and you can kind of expunge on that a little more but it was like uh you said um i guess the way i see it is there are people who don't have like the strength or mindset or drive um that need god to do miracles and such that they or won't believe so I'll pray and express gratitude and prayers, but as far as stuff like that in my own life, I feel like I can handle life's problems myself. And I don't know if it's overconfidence or lack of faith or what. And so I guess I guess what I'm trying to get to is is there is there a way that is are you trying to like whenever we were talking about that, are you trying to process are you like too tough for God? Is that is that what that kind of grappling is? Are you saying maybe you're overconfident and you worry that you're getting to a place in your life where you feel like you don't need God and you don't want to get there? Yeah, I think it's the latter of what you said, just making sure I don't encroach on that line too much. Um I mean, we can go as deep as we want to with this, but I mean just with me, like everything I've been through in my life, like overcame it, you know, like if it was tough for me, it was what it was. I never had like a breakdown or like it never had like a real like I need God to show up in some super profound, like speak to me, lead me out of this kind of way. It's always been very much like. God's already given me everything I need um, to take care of this myself, so I'll handle it. And I mean, that's been pretty much everything in my life. So it's just, you know, and again, like it could be overconfidence, but I just feel like that there's really nothing I can't do. Like everything I've ever tried to do in life, I mean, I've been pretty successful at it. There's not much that you won't see me not being good at. Um so just getting to that place where, um, you know, I don't feel like, I, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. Basically just making sure I'm still in a healthy place, like asking God for things and, and holding him in that regard as opposed to just kind of like thanking him for everything I do have and, and leaving it at that, I guess. I don't do really know thoughts? if that makes sense. Grant, do you think anything on that? Because when we have talked about it, it you kind of come from a place that maybe these two things are kind of a stretch or maybe not as connected as we think they are. Hearing well, what Darian has to say, does that bring a little more perspective, though, to the idea or the connection? It, it does. I, I just had a follow-up question like for Darian just because okay. I wasn't in the original conversation. So yeah. I'm curious. Like, when you have stuff going on in your life, do you, like, do you pray, God, give me wisdom, or you say, God, can you give me this? Or do you just kind of like, okay, God has given me wisdom and I know that. So I will thank him later. Or how, how does that work for you? And I, I guess, yeah, I guess the way I think oh, about good. God's gifts to me is I have everything I need. Like mm, okay. he's given me everything. I, I'm not waiting on anything else from him. Now I know I could get to a point in life where I do 
but I just never have needed him to give me anything else. Like I feel like everything I need to be successful in life, he's already given to me. Uh, so I don't find myself in want from God a lot. Um, if that makes sense. And it's, it's an interesting thing. Cause I mean, the Lord, I mean, in Psalms, he says, I am the good shepherd the, or the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I mean, you literally just said, I don't want like anything. So there's that. But also, I mean, in, in John 14, 13 and 14, it says, whatever you ask in my name, uh, so that the father may be glorified by the son, you may ask me anything in my name and I will do it. I mean, so I don't think you're wrong in that, but I, I personally, like, I, I think when we are in the trenches of life and dealing with things, I think asking for wisdom, um, obviously that's biblical, but also like God has given me wisdom too. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I kind of had a different mindset going into it before actually hearing your side of things, but. Uh, so to connect the two conversations, okay. to make it make a little bit make more sense, because I think that the way we're talking about it, they sound like two different things. Like, I don't. I really don't remember what we were talking about, Alec. But I think it was something to do with yeah. faith or something like that. Um, the the way I think about, I guess, um, my calling or my end point with God, right? If if, if my calling on one island and I'm on another island, in my head, faith has never bridged that gap for me, right? Like faith to me has never been how I'm gonna get. To what God's called me into in my life. To me, okay, it's how tough can I make myself? How resilient can I become? How strong can I become? What what can I put myself through to be better equipped to become that person um, that'll accomplish those things that God wants you to accomplish? So for me, like I, I'm pretty sure we're talking about faith. Faith has never filled that gap, the in between. Like I okay, think that's a lot yeah. of sitting around for me. And I know that some people's gifts, but to me, mm. it doesn't make any sense. Um, so that's w- sometimes why I wonder, like, do I not have any faith or like, am I overconfident? Um, but that's just, I, I see that bridge as being uh, built with mental toughness and strength that, you know, some of the physical attributes in our that, lives. That, that does can, tie it to better okay, together yeah. a little better. Uh, I've heard, I mean, me and Sarah have talked about faith before. Um, and before getting my job that I currently have, I was in a big season of faith. Um, like I knew that I had connections. I knew I had skills. I knew I had giftings. But at the same time, I also knew like I was not going to end up in the right place unless God ordered my steps. Um, and it was one of those things of like I really had to put faith to even go into Bible college when I did without much monetary things. But I think what your point kind of you're getting is like the people who just sit around and wait for a miracle without actually taking any steps because faith without works is dead. I mean, that's that's the reason I keep referencing scripture. I mean, the Bible is the the basis by which we live. Um, no, that's fair. Yeah. So. So there's been kind of like a I feel like I've heard a lot of pastors kind of like bash self-help, which a lot of those books do get kind of weird. But I, I feel like there's a. Like I'm kind of frustrated a lot of the times with Christians who like say like out loud or something what they're gonna do one day and what they're gonna be, who they're gonna mm-hmm. become, and all this kind of stuff. But absolutely, take zero steps in 100%. being disciplined, being disciplined, and working hard and doing the stuff that it takes to become a strong person to do those things that God wants you to do. Like I, part of the reason why I take mental toughness and discipline and all that kind of stuff is so serious is because like I know what I'm gonna do one day, but I know that I am not him right now. Yeah. Like that guy, years from now, poops on me. Like I, I'm <laughs> nowhere near him. Um, so that's how I kind of say that. It's that kind of dichotomy of where where do I, what am I responsible for, and what's God supposed to be responsible for? Because um, yeah, it sounds like there's that di- dichotomy between kind of what do what am I what am I responsible for, what's God supposed to be responsible for? And I battled a lot with that in my in my life with healing from my eyesight actually. Because I mean, I'll be honest, it I ask myself a lot, like you know, is it my fault 
that I don't get healed because I have, I mean, I've firsthand witnessed people that like couldn't talk, start talking or couldn't walk, start walking. Or I've seen, I mean, I've seen all that where I've heard people tell me that they've seen it firsthand. Um, I asked myself, I'm like, you know, like, yeah, when Jesus was here, not everybody got healed, but was that because of the proverbial Second Corinthians, I think, or First Corinthians eleven, or Second Corinthians eleven? Born in my side, Christ has made power. Uh, Christ's power is made perfect in my weakness situation, or is it because am I like one of the men in Nazareth, where when Jesus went to preach, there were fewer and lesser miracles than when Jesus went to other places? And is it because I don't honor God? Am I prideful? Am I, you know, or am I, do I not have enough faith? Do I think I, like, I don't know. These are the questions I ask myself a lot. Yeah. And I have not found a decisive answer yet, to be honest. That's but, good stuff. Um, I will say I, what God has been dealing with me probably ever since I've really gotten married, because that's been the most sanctifying thing I've done in my life is get married. Um, I mean, it forces you really to grow, but God's been dealing with me on being prideful. And I mean, even recently, I mean, I just in the last week, you know, I've been really laid low and, you know, kind of a lot of things got exposed in me. I talked to a friend that's doing really, really well in life. And I kind of broke down and was like, this guy's younger than me. And he's making all these big moves and business stuff. And what am I doing? Mm. And it was hard, but it was also like, it's kind of funny. It's like, man, I'm not doing enough. No, I'm kind of overweight. I need to start working out. <laughs> I need to start. I'm, I need to start working out for being lazy. <laughs> like, uh, but at the same time, I'm like, well, at the same time, I need to do less. Like, I need yeah. to stop focusing so hard on what I need to do. And it's like, and God's got it. You know, mm-hmm. he's gonna take care of me. That, like, that at some point, I might be able to take care of myself. But what, what, what do I do when I hit the gap when I can't? So, yeah, I, I think you got some of the gist. We kind of got to a point where and Darren is really kind of bridging it is that, you know, do we reach the point where we, I guess, become self-sufficient or we're so head on or we're so driven? It's like, man, do I, you know, do I need God? Am I getting to a point where I don't need God? And we'll kind of find ourselves in that trap, um, kind of talking on, you know, cause there's drive, but there's also humility. There is, you know, and Grant was has say was saying that, you know, God does provide what we ask and really like we shall not want. Uh, that was a really good connection that you made there, Grant. So really, do you reach that point with God? Because it's always, you know, God is our source. But, you know, where, where does it come in when we're trying to, like, fight for our goals? Where, where, where's this middle ground, I guess, Grant, of fighting for what we want, having the drive? but also being tough, I guess. And I really think it's a really cool angle that y'all both brought into like the faith element of it all. Like how much, I guess, requires faith. Because if, you know, if we want to say you need to work more, you need to go for it more, you need to be disciplined, you need to do the right things, you don't need the faith because you've put it, the Darian thing you say is put in the work. Do you put in the work or do you put in the faith? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, as you as we've been talking, I was kind of thinking. I literally like wrote down some things whenever Darian was talking before. Ooh. No, I got back on because I was I wanted to come back to him, so I'm glad we did. Um, I think it is a balance, and I think where my mind went with it is it, it depends on season. I mean, if I think about where Grant was when he moved to Tulsa in January of 19 versus where he is now, the things I was praying about, like even the types of things I was praying about then, I was still trying to overcome sin in my life. I was still trying to find like where me and God where we needed to grow and now i'm more in a place like where i'm establishing a job i'm married i have many of the blessings that i prayed for for a long time so now i'm more trying to take practical steps towards more dreams that god has called me to and and there are different facets of god we can lean into in different seasons whenever i was a you know for lack of a better way of saying i broke college kid finances were a bigger deal for me and they still are now, but like 
I wasn't having to try to pray for a miracle while also working, you know, a job while doing school at the same time. Now I've, you know, I do have a steady income and I am married. And so that's a little different. Now I'm more praying for like, um, more opportunity in my job. I'm praying, but I'm also putting in the work for that. So like Darian said, there, there is a balance to it, but I do think you can get puffed up with pride. Not you, Darian, but people in general can get puffed up with pride when we say, oh, I'm a self-made man. I, I, I built this myself. I built this house. I did this. I did that. And God had nothing to do with it. And I'm I'm not saying you're that, Darian, but I think that when people are driven, they can get caught on the other side of things. Whereas there are other people who are saying, God's a miracle working God. I believe that he's going to provide for me and I'm going to sit on my hands and play Xbox until he provides. And none of those things, neither of those things work. It's interesting to me, like, it, this isn't directly to argue with Noah, but he kind of said something earlier that I 100% disagree with. Like, when you were saying that you needed to do more, but you also needed to do less. Like, that's not the best way I wanted to put it, but wait, please go on. I, I, like, to me, I don't know. Like, I guess to me, there's always something more you can do, right? Like, Like, you can always work harder. You can always be more disciplined. You can always find ways. I mean, like, not what to sound like one of those weirdo guys online, but like just w- ways to put yourself through the fire, like every <laughs> day. Like I mean, I like I joined jujitsu, and I I love it. I love it because like <laughs> it's six o'clock in the morning, and I'm getting. They're trying to kill me. They are literally trying <laughs> to kill me. I'm not exaggerating. They're trying. If I don't tap, I will die. And so when you go through that every morning, it just builds like it, there's not much else that the day can throw at you that you don't see coming. Right. If I already, if I already been choked out by 12 different dudes before seven o'clock rolls around, like, you know what I mean? Most days, what's going <laughs> to happen to you that you don't, right. You stop having to respond to things. I think that's the biggest thing, like coming out of my childhood and like all that. And I could go on and on days for this subject, but I just watched too many people in my life and my family and, and family friends just responding to life. Something happened and they had to like react that. to it. They like no. finances would happen and they had to react to it. Family members would get sick and they had to react to it. I just, I, I, I vowed to myself, I'm not going to react to stuff. I like, I'm a, every bit of this life that I can control, I'm going to control it. And so for me, finding that line between not trying to play God, but also not having the patience um, to respond to life um, is is where I'm at. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I thought like my do less. That's not. I don't really even know how to put it, but not doing less, but more like Like being sure that I'm reliant still. Like at some level, I'm still dependent on God because I've put myself in places where I'm not, and I never do well when I'm not dependent on the Lord in one right. way, if anything. I, I kind of want to defend your point, though, Noah, because burnout's a very real thing. Burnout is a very real thing, and I've been through it Bro. in the last couple of years. Because when I was doing work and school and trying to propose and have the finances to do that and get married, like I was putting in the work, but like also I was not giving the correct proportion of myself to those things. I also needed to rest a lot more than I was. I think rest yeah, is something that God calls us to as well. So yeah, when you say do less, I think that's important too. Do less isn't, I don't consider it. I do, but I don't consider genuine rest doing less because I'm doing rest so that I can do more. I, I think what you're looking for, I think it's the fact that, I think we always have to recognize that there's this idea that it's not just us that like if, you know, if our goal in life was to roll a rock, that rock got there somehow, the path carved was there somehow. Maybe that's not the best, but like the tools that you were given to make something, what if, you know, they're put there first, the blueprints to make the thing were put there first. Not everything we do is on our own and that somebody had to set the path. And sometimes that is God or that somebody that's directing, where are you pushing this rock? Where are you putting this thing that you're building? It's that it, it's part of it. It's, it's not do more and do less. It's like do more 
but no, you're not doing it alone. And that might be in, thrown in the face of like Darian. Like at the end of the day, as much as you've done, like God, maybe God provided all that, and it's the ability to recognize that. But I think it's also known as what you're saying is like the ability to have to like let go of some of the ownership in which you've accomplished or some of the ownership to accomplish those things is to take those moments to recognize is to take those moments to have faith is to be willing I, I, almost to bring it back to mental toughness. I think the gap in mental toughness to overcome the adversities and the obstacles we have is that faith element. I think is the, I think that it takes a mental fortitude to be able to say, Hey, I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this, but God willing, I can. God willing, I will. That by the time I reach, you know, there's a thing that here's a problem. Let's we'll worry about that. We'll worry about that uh, that bridge when we cross it. Well, here you are at the bridge now. So what are you gonna do? And it's that ability to say, when I get there, you know, it'll be figured out. And that and no, Grant, you brought up courage. You brought up bravery. That's courage to go into the unknown in that way. But who is in the unknown? As Christian as it is, that's God filling that void. It's almost all like too generic. And I almost think that's some of the issue with it is to be like, it's such a simple concept that that what faith is when it it, in in relation to all this, that it's almost like too cop out. It's too simple. It's it's almost illogical, which is the faith element again, that to say. I don't know God. And that, that's almost kind of dumb because it, it does lead to laziness. It does lead to opportunity to miss it. It leads to opportunity to mess up. But at the end of the day, I, I almost think that's the beauty of faith is it's not difficult. And it it's kind of when it is inconvenient that you have to have it, it's the most convenient thing that you have. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of scary what the anointing a guy can do. Like your boy Mark was telling a story about how he was – Basically, he preached about it, so I can say it. Blackout drunk and preached the gospel to a guy <laughs> at a bar. And uh, that guy came back and told him years later, like, hey, I was about to kill myself that night, but you preached the gospel to me. And uh, yeah, I didn't, and now I'm doing ministry. And it's just like, dang, God's anointing really do be covering a lot of ground because <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, would be on his podcast obviously it's just god's anointing do a lot of covering but i see you also got it like darian's point you got to be willing to take the steps too and uh put the work in but i do think promptings of the holy spirit are different than like goals and god's an- anointing of those goals i think that's a different conversation well, that's what I'm saying. Where yeah. What you just said was a little bit different than I felt like where I you were at. Fair. But uh, I agree with what you said. Don't get lost in the faith. <laughs> and that's crazy. It, it's funny. Part of it. You know, it, it, it's in, not not even on the point. I think it's just interesting because you are, you know, a very driven person. I, I think if any, you know, we all have different levels of drive, but I, I don't think any of us would disagree. You're one of the most driven out of all of us. Like if there's like a headstrong, I'm going to get this done guy, like it's you. And, you know, you have the fruit to show it. Um, and I'm not gonna, I'm not putting myself down here. It's just my drive is like completely different. But I think also on the other spectrum of that is and I, I, I say this to people all the time, like my number one gift is faith. Like, I, I would not think so. I, I never thought. But like every time I do spiritual gifts tests or even when I examine my life, my number one thing is faith. And it almost goes like if you like, yes, I can get deep and I can talk. But I, I think when you get down to know me, I do end up a lot of my life, a lot of answers being um, it works out. It'll work out. And sometimes that comes off of me not wanting to think hard or me throwing things off to the wind. But it also does come from a root of me being a high faith person that like uh, and once I like recognize the gift of faith in my life, I was like, dude, like that's that's almost everything I go off. But like. I it, it's almost and it, it's why I say that thing of like it's almost inconvenient how convenient it is because sometimes I think life would be easier to not have faith because I think I would have the ability to I think dig down deeper uh, like some of you guys can so it, I, I it's not more I'm providing more commentary I think it's I, I just want to like say something about that why do you think that why mm-hmm. do you think that um, there's like a seesaw with it Right? Like, why is it, why do the, the scales never huh. balance? I think it's a seesaw because it's us. There's I think it's people. No, 
But why why do those two counteract each other so much, right? Why do high high faith people typically have a really difficult time um, just being having grit versus people that um, have that grit and become highly successful struggle with having like high faith? Like, wh- like is it something? No, is it something in you? Like, is 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 because like I mean. Mental toughness, like I said, is like more of like a physical thing, like a, a real thing that you can work on, whereas faith is almost like a uh, a spiritual gift. So why do they conflict with each other when they're not necessarily like the same type of skill? But yet somehow like we want to conflate these two in the discussion. And I almost think that goes back to what Grant was like, I don't get it. Well, Which yeah. is so full circle. <laughs> I think it kind of is. I think it's. Because it's human nature and pride. If you ask my like my personal take on it, that's my struggle is the pride element or either consciously or unconsciously, I'm thinking I can do it myself or not. Or you know what I'm saying? I think that's the difference. Everybody's got different levels of pride. Well, I but think like, what I'm saying is go ahead, Grant, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I could literally go so, all day. Going off of I know yeah. you I know that you were originally asking Dar- Alec this question, Darian, of why why are the two balanced? It's simply because I think because the enemy, he literally tries to pervert God's truth. That is what he said has done from the beginning. So you have the one side, like we talked about, of if I'm a self-made man, then I'm then I can become prideful very easily. And I'm not saying but like if you have those leanings, if you are driven, then you know, you're not automatically prideful, but that is an easy snare for people to fall into. There is the other side, like we talked about, of like, you can have huge faith, but if you're like lit, if, if the, if the city is flooding and you're sitting on a top of a 30 story building and there's a helicopter that comes to you, you're like, no, God's going to provide a way out. God literally just gave that practical step to you. There, there is a difference and and the enemy does pervert both sides of that. So I think where Alec is saying the balance is is not letting the enemy pervert that one way or the other. No, yeah, I yeah, oh. makes sense. I, I I go now that you have it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good talk. I, I like I'm this just, a lot. I'm just, I'm just I'm posing some questions because I I often wonder, and maybe I'm sharing too much on this podcast. Your boy could get fired. Um, but like. Whenever you see someone, right, like in leadership or uh, like a pastor or something like that, um, high faith, like great anointing, preaches well, um, leads people, all that kind of stuff. But you know that they aren't mentally tough, like they don't have a lot of discipline, like they don't do these things from almost like a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the when you go out and preaching to people? What is that? Evangelist from like an evangelistic from an evangelistic type of way. <laughs> do you guys think that mental toughness and those those types of skills reflects um, like your relationship with God and things like that? Like, do you think that the more that you walk with God, the more that those things will start to get pulled out of you? Um, because to hmm. me, like, I guess the way that well, I that take like it is like I don't, I don't like propped up. I like pro- like I don't want to get to heaven. Okay. And God be like, I gave you these, like, this is your character build at the beginning, right? <clears throat> and you didn't level it up at all, brother. Uh, yeah, Elden Ring, like, no? I don't, hey. I don't want the, I don't, I don't want to get to heaven and that to happen. I don't want him to be like, you're a good preacher. You had faith. Like, you had all these natural gifts and you did a decent career with it, right? Like, you, you, you know, got a job, bought a house, got married, died. Now you're here. I don't want him to be like, you didn't work on these skills. Um, so I guess like whenever you guys see that or these, I guess, wink links in Christians, does that make you guys question their relationship with the Lord or their maturity? If that makes sense. Because I would say no. I'm be honest. I do. Oh, that's fair. I would say no, because the most successful evangelists I know, like, yes, they do some practical things, but like, their huge faith a lot of, is like what drives them to some of these countries that are primarily Muslim where they could be killed for their faith. They have the faith to go there, the courage to do it. And they are taking the practical steps towards it. And it's not always like a, 
oh, well, I raised money to do this. Like, it's like, no, I believe God is going to provide a way for me to get into this country and reach people for the gospel. And sometimes it's not always, it doesn't always make sense, but when God calls you to do something, he not only expects you, to, like, he, he not only expects you to do it, but, like, he will give you the way to do it, too. To Grant's point, I think that there are going to be some very different journeys in trying to make a one-size-fits-all kind of approach to practicality and mm-hmm. how you're going to practice your faith. I, that just doesn't work. I mean, yeah, the Grant's point, there are going to be a lot of practical things you're going to have to do that's just not what I'm going to have to do if you're going to go preach the gospel in Afghanistan. But I see, Darian, I, I can say I, I agree with you. If you're not applying, if your relationship with God is not you two walking together, trying to accomplish something that you were created for, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, it might be as, it might not be what I'm doing. It might just be like my wife's biggest dream of everything is to be a good mom. That is like my call to ministry and how I feel about that is that for her. It's very different in how that's going to be practically doled out and applied. So I'm hesitant to judge it. But when I don't see any of that happening for somebody, that's when I'll start going down your line of thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when I start going that way. Like what I'm saying is like, say Abby declared publicly she wanted to be a mom. That was her calling, right? That's what Mm -hmm. God specifically told her that she was going to be doing in life. Then, like, she never cooked. She never interacted with kids. Like, she didn't do anything. She just waited on it, waited on it to happen, waited on it to come around, and she was a mom. (laughs) But is faith absent from the want of that, too? I, I hear what you're talking about with the practical, but there is a faith element to it as well. There is a divine probably dead place to dream what's dead that faith faith was at work is dead i was reading james this morning that's not where i was going with it i'm saying that you have to have faith and works my bad but faith without works is such a broad stroke it covers a multitude of like you can say you're doing something but it's not like doing it you know what i mean like oh faith without work is dead so i'm gonna be a greeter or like I, i'm not bashing anybody that greets greeters <laughs> it's not real work only the preacher like, is the only real servant of the lord by the way we can't i want to lead i want to hold on i want to lead the next revival the <laughs> world Ooh, revival of the world scary. i serve on sundays and that's it that's it I don't read my Bible. I don't, I don't try to become a better public speaker. I haven't joined any, um, what are those things called? Toastmasters groups. Um, I don't do any of that. I don't work on Toastmasters, bro. It's a public I've speaking. Never, I've never heard of this. I feel That's like this a we're saying the same That's thing in a girl. different way because I fully agree with what you're saying, but I think we have different emphasis with it. Ooh. There's a point. I, yeah, I can see what you're I, saying. I, I fully agree with what you're saying. Long story short, I feel like up. a lot of Christians are very lazy, and it drives me nuts. There it is. Just and weak. Just, and weak. Just, a lot of Christians are very lazy I'm to me, I'm so and strong. also very weak. And so um, for me, I think mental toughness is what uh, what a lot of Christians need to work on. Um, I remember <laughs> something originally that you asked, Aaron, it kind of came to me. It's almost like it's as if the people on the other ends of the teeter-totter, the seesaw, however you want to call it. I mean, it's because I think we always come back to everything as being a scale, uh, that everything is balanced. So I almost see it like a scale, which all a teeter-totter and a seesaw is is more of a practical scale uh, for children. But it's that it's almost as if the people that are like super driven, but I guess faith is a concern there, is that they they have a wider eye to what goes wrong if this doesn't go right. And it's as if the high faith people don't focus on or don't have a handle on if it goes wrong, but they have the ability to only see what's right and to see, I guess, the highest opportunity. And like they see all the positives. It's almost like I want to say optimistic, pessimistic way, but I think that's the easiest way to compare it to. It's almost like 
the big faith people at the end of the day are just like, I know what this, I see what it's capable of and I want more. I think the people that are super driven are like, I know what it takes to fail and I know what it takes to not fail. And I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. Whereas the faith person might just be like, I, I don't, I don't know how it can fail. I also don't know how it can work, but I, I don't know how this fails. It, 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 it can't fail. Why would it fail? You know? So that's great guys. Um, very fun. Look at that. Noah, maybe, maybe that was a difference that doesn't give Clarence. If he's listening, he's not going to listen. Uh, it doesn't give Clarence excuse to not show up and be like, y'all did so good. I guess y'all don't need me. Thanks. Noah. Ah, chili chat. Um, <laughs> listen to chili chat. Uh, so very fun. I'm glad. Glad we got Noah back. Glad we got back into discussing. This has been a long episode. Uh, I'll have fun making this, but Hey, I'm going to get the guys out of here. So they can go back with their wives and you know, what the things that they've worked towards and maybe I can get out, make this podcast, go make my other stuff and I can drive towards getting a wife. So Darren's going to go do homework actually. So let me get everybody out of here. Um, if you don't already, we are in the middle of kind of redoing some of our social media, but you can find us at Instagram at casually spiritual. Facebook is the casually spiritual network on Twitter. It is, this is a CSP. I don't remember the last time I used that Twitter account. Um, you can find a, you can find our websites there and there we'll have the links to some of the cast members as well. Um, if you could, I would love if you left a review. Noah, it's been a while. Why should somebody review this? Why should somebody share it with friends? Why should somebody, yeah, share, share it. Share it so it makes all our dreams come true and we don't have to put any hard work into this podcast. We're gonna no, do well, we faith. put the hard work into the podcast <laughs> and now we have the faith that y'all are yeah, going to go share it. Uh-huh. Now, y'all have to do the hard work. Exactly. Because they have or, faith the podcast is going to blow you up. you could learn how to do work. SEO correctly. You could just learn how to do SEO correctly. Or Darian hey. can judge me and not help me with the SEO. Hey, we'll just say this. Next. Pay it forward. Invest in a dream. And remember, God remembers that and he honors that. So you pay it forward and someone will do it for you. You're going to reap what you sow. Different take. Listen, on the review. To, listen to our <laughs> other shows. Pod Champs coming out soon with some more stuff. We also have Chili Chat with Clarence is kind of back. Well, I'll get with Clarence. He can't make it to Momentum, but I guess you can make it to Chili Chat. And that's all I'm going to talk about for now. <laughs> uh, it's been a good time. Uh, follow us on the socials. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Listen to our other stuff. I'd love the support. Please share it. Everything else. Uh, I repeat all that, but I just want to emphasize. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys for being here. Let's get the crew out of here. Uh, my name is Alec. My name is Darian. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Garfield Stan. This is the player formerly known as Mouscott. Not your joke. Oh. Come on, man. <sighs> this is Grant. That's all I got. <laughs> you have to say bye. I'll miss you guys. Bye. Does anybody want to be Clarence? You- uh, Wait, do what we still have do? to email these things? Ah, there it is. There it is.